This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. Hello, I'm Fred Koenig, co-founder of the intellectual property law firm of Volpe & Koenig, located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. As a 1979 alumnus of Suffolk University Law School, I am pleased to be able to participate in Suffolk's podcast program. This podcast is directed to the doctrine of fair use under copyright law. A transcript of this podcast with links to the various reference materials that I mentioned is posted on our firm's website, volpe-kanig.com. My interest in copyright law dates back to my law school days when I participated in the Nathan Birkin Memorial Competition sponsored by ASCAP. That competition is for papers written by third-year law students on some aspects of copyright. Mine was on the copyrightability of software. That competition continues today, and interested law students may wish to participate. Winning papers are selected on both law school and national levels and are often published in the Journal of the Copyright Society of the USA. The cash prizes for winning papers are also a nice benefit. In this podcast, I will start by discussing a number of copyright basics. Please be warned that copyright law is deceptively simple. I will be providing information in general terms, but the copyright law does have a host of specific exceptions that may or may not be applicable in a particular case. The U.S. Copyright Office provides helpful information on virtually all aspects of copyright in informational circulars that are freely available on the Copyright Office's website. Since the invention of the printing press, copyright laws have been developed to protect and foster the creative efforts of authors, composers, and artists. The publishing and music industries, the movie, radio, and television industries all, in large measure, owe their existence to copyright law and the ability to protect and control the use of original works. The Copyright Act of 1976 and its amendments form the basis of the current legal framework for copyright protection in the U.S. The federal statute can be found under Title 17 of the United States Code. It defines the acquisition and duration of copyright, as well as the rights granted to copyright owners and the limitations on those rights. Section 102 of the copyright provides that copyright subsists in original works of authorship when fixed in a tangible medium of expression. For example, you may come up with an original song and sing it or play it with a musical instrument. However, the copyright in that song does not come into existence until it is recorded or otherwise fixed in some tangible medium. You can make a sound recording on a tape cassette or a compact disc to obtain your copyright. Alternatively, you could prepare sheet music and lyrics of your song as a means for fixing it in a tangible medium expression to obtain your copyright. The focus of copyright protection is on a original authorship expression. There is no requirement of registration or other formalities to acquire copyright. It is automatic when you fix your original expression in some tangible form. Section 102 of the Copyright Act specifies that copyright protection does not extend to ideas, procedures, or concepts embodied in a work. Protection for the functionality of items and methods generally fall into the realm of patent law. Copyright ownership initially vests in the author of a work. In general, the person who creates an original work 
is the author and accordingly the initial owner of the copyright in that work. The major exception to this rule is for works made within the scope of a person's employment. The Copyright Act specifies that the employer is considered the author of all works by employees within the scope of their employment under the doctrine known as work for hire. Whether or not a work is a work for hire has an impact on the term of the copyright protection. Works created by individual authors extend for the life of the author plus 70 years. Works for hire are accorded a term of 95 years from the date of first publication. The broad exclusive rights provided to copyright owners are enumerated in Section 106 of the Copyright Act. These rights include the exclusive rights to make copies, to prepare derivative works, and to distribute copies of the copyrighted works. Typically, infringement of a copyright will result due to the unauthorized reproduction or distribution of items that include material that is substantially similar to original material embodied in the copyrighted work. However, not all use of copyrighted material is protected by copyright. One significant limitation on the scope of copyright is found in Section 107 of the Copyright Act, which sets forth the doctrine of fair use. Section 107 specifically provides that fair use of copyrighted material is not an infringement of copyright. By way of example, Section 107 notes that the use of copyrighted material for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, or research is generally fair use. Section 107 provides a balancing test that includes four factors to be considered for determining whether or not a specific use will be deemed to be a fair use of copyrighted materials. The four factors listed in Section 107 are, one, the purpose and character of the use, such as if the use is for commercial or nonprofit purposes, two, the nature of the copyrighted work, three, the amount of copyrighted material used, and four, the effect of the use upon the potential market or value of the copyrighted work. No one factor is controlling, but the totality of circumstances is to be considered. In what is known as the Betamax case, the Supreme Court held that use of a video recorder in a person's home to record entire TV programs and movies for viewing at a later time is a fair use. However, copyright owners have been successful in asserting copyright to stop the uploading of music to websites for downloading by individuals, even though the downloads are for personal non-commercial use. While respect of copyright owners' rights is generally favored, the expense and notoriety of some enforcement efforts have had an overall chilling effect on legitimate fair use of copyrighted works. As a result, there have been various initiatives to publicize the fair use doctrine. These initiatives have led to the creation of subject-specific best practice guidelines that explain the existence of the fair use doctrine and provide guidance in lay terms. Examples of such best practice guidelines include the Code of Best Practices and Fair Use for Media Literacy Education, the Code of Best Practices for Fair Use on Online Videos, and the Documentary Filmmaker's Statement of Best Practices and Fair Use. Copies of these subject-specific best practice guidelines are generally available free of charge over the Internet. The Documentary Filmmaker's Statement has been helpful in allowing documentary filmmakers to obtain insurance coverage in making documentary films. 
instead of requiring a production company to obtain permission for all uses of copyrighted materials, some insurance companies have been willing to rely upon a production company's adherence to the documentary filmmaker's guidelines in providing insurance needed for a documentary film production. One type of use that is focused on in these best practice guidelines is the so-called transformative use of copyrighted material in new works. The creation of derivative works is an exclusive right provided by copyright law. However, if limited use of copyrighted material is made that is transformative in nature, it is much more likely that such use will be considered a fair use. One reason for this is that an underlying purpose for the existence of copyright is to foster the development of creative works. Accordingly, where pre-existing copyrighted material is used in a manner to create an entirely unrelated new work, courts tend to consider the use as a transformative fair use, irrespective of whether the use is for commercial purposes. In one case, a satirical use of the melody from the well-known song, When You Wish Upon a Star, was held to be a non-infringing fair use in an episode of the TV show Family Guy. Even though the use was in a commercial setting, the fact that there was no showing of an impact on the value of the original music was significant. On the other hand, the creation of a lexicon based on characters and items described in Harry Potter novels was found to be copyright infringement since it was recognized that a non-authorized lexicon would impair the copyright owner's ability to publish an authorized version. As with many areas of the law, there is no bright line test for evaluating fair use in a particular circumstance. As a practical matter, one can view the fair use doctrine as the copyright law's version of the golden rule of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In this regard, when considering use of copyrighted material, try to imagine yourself as the copyright owner and how strongly you would object to the proposed use from that viewpoint. You may then be better able to judge whether you should ask permission to use copyrighted material or proceed on a fair use basis. For a further example of transformative use, you may wish to view the video entitled A Fairy Use Tale. That non-Disney video uses well-known Disney animated characters to explain the doctrine of fair use and can be found at various places on the internet. Thank you for listening. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.